Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Jerry Lee. So before we get into what you're doing now at One Salting and how you and Jonathan have built it up in just two short years to the point where you're both now all in, I was thinking we could flashback to when you were still an undergrad, which actually wasn't that long ago. I think you graduated, was it in 2017? 2017, that's right. Yeah. So you were a freshman in 2013? That's right. All right. And you went to Babson College in Massachusetts. You were, and you've written about this on LinkedIn, you were actually applying for internships already when you were a freshman, which I think is really impressive in and of itself. Did you have any particular kinds of internships that you were looking to land? I actually listened to another podcast interview that you did uh, maybe a year or two ago, yeah. and you talked about how you took accounting as a freshman and you were like, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. So were you looking for accounting internships? Yeah, it's so funny that you're bringing that up because I remember I done so well in my accounting class. I'm like, this is absolutely my passion. And I remember I went to a big accounting firm's office and it was just silent as a library. And I was like, my goodness, I, I am not cut out for this. But as I was sort of thinking about internships my freshman year, I did what I call the spray and pray. I applied to as many jobs and full-time job, junior year at internships, freshman year at internships as I possibly could find because I felt, hey, you know what? I'm going to let the market decide for me. And unfortunately so, I probably sent about 200, 300 that year and got nothing in response. Seriously? <laughs> so, it was crickets. Nothing. And at that point, I had nothing on my resume my resume was maybe two or three pages of just high school experience. So I totally understand why companies would not have wanted to hire freshman year Jerry, but sophomore years where everything sort of kicked off for me. You actually 
wrote a post on LinkedIn the other day that said, in my first year of college, I thought to myself, I am so far behind everyone. People landed internships at EY, McKinsey and Company, and I just got rejected from an on-campus job. My parents didn't know how to help, so they would send me huge care packages, boxes of microwavable rice, ramen, and individually wrapped seaweed. So I had to look elsewhere. First of all, that is so unbelievably sweet that they did that. And this is, we're going to continue with the post here. I sought advice from a mentor of mine, and she told me, Jerry, the fact that we're having this conversation tells me you'll be fine. Though I didn't know it at the time, what she was trying to say was that if I cared enough and gave it enough time and attention, then I would eventually figure it out. I look back at this memory and laugh because what she said was true. Absolutely right. And as you were reading that post, it made me think back to that exact moment where the first on-campus job that I was so excited about, it was an IT specialist role where you were sort of working with computers and helping people debug problems. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty savvy with tech. And I interviewed, remember, I didn't wear, I didn't wear a button down. I wore a t-shirt and jeans and I thought to myself, well, if I just tuck my shirt in, maybe it'll look more professional. <laughs> so I, I laugh at those memories. And yeah, that, that mentor at the time, I just, that always just stuck with me. I don't know why, but that one conversation just stuck with me. And every time I get a chance to talk to someone who just has that same level, if not more ambition and drive, I'm just like, you'll be okay. Like you are going to figure this out. And it's it's probably at the time I was like, that is the worst advice. But looking back on it, I'm like, that is everything. So tease that out a little bit, Jerry. Why do you want our young listeners who may be going through this right now to know that they're going to be okay? Like, why is that not a blow off? The reason why that's not a blow off is that what I've learned getting rejected so many times and asking so many people for advice is that every moment that you take action, whether you apply to a job, you reach out to someone for help, you're, you might learn something that's so small, but it might make you do an action differently. It might allow you to think about something differently. You're going to pursue that path for a week. Then you'll have another, another learning. You're going to then adapt, use that learning to adapt, so on and so forth. And by the time you look back at your past year, you're going to go, holy moly, I cannot believe I was thinking about these problems in that way a year ago. And it's only going to continue compounding year after year. And I remember I saw this one post where it said, if you strive to be 1% better every day, after a year, you're going to be better by 23 fold or or something, a large number like that. I think that comes from James Clear. Do you know who James is? He sounds familiar. He's the guy who wrote, oh my gosh, I have it. Oh, Atomic Habits. Yes, exactly right. So that principle to me is how I've sort of incorporated that in my learning and my career. Yeah, I totally get that. And I also want our young listeners to know that they are exactly where they should be right now. None of us 
had the wisdom that you are expecting yourself to have right now. And the more that you put yourself out there, the more that you reach out to have an informational interview, to grab a coffee with somebody and ask them to help you out with one thing or another, the more you are going to incrementally get wiser and learn. And that is why I can say, listening to the advice that Jerry got, I totally get it because he was a go-getter. He is a go-getter, somebody who was putting himself out there trying to learn. And as long as you are doing the same thing, you are going to figure it out too. Yeah. And I remember growing up, there was a program in my elementary school called the Gates Program. It was gifted and talented students. And I didn't get in. A lot of my friends did. And I thought to myself, man, I am the dumbest guy around. And to this day, I don't think that I am born with some naturally large brain or I think about things in a different way. Absolutely not. I, if any, I think I am the most average person that you'll meet. If there's anything that I feel like I have an edge over my competition is that if there's something that I want to achieve, I will not stop, not nonstop thinking about it. I won't stop talking to people about it. I won't stop learning about it. To me, I feel like that is significantly more important than anything that you might be born with. I love that, Jerry. I'm giving you a double high five, my friend, because I feel the same way. I am not one iota smarter than any other person out there. I am sure I have an average intellect, but what I do have is a whole lot of grit and I am going to do whatever it takes to get it done. And as long as you adopt that mindset, you will too. So I want to ask you, Jerry, what did you learn between freshman year and junior year when you became the first Babson student to land an internship at Google? The biggest thing I've learned is that Simply put, the job search is really a function of two variables. It's the amount of time that you put in and the amount of effort that you put in. If you can optimize for those two variables where you might be working on your resume for a day, that's a function of time. The level of effort is taking that resume, going to a recruiter and saying, hey, listen, I'm here because I love your feedback. If you can give me a 10 second glance and tell me one thing that I can change, that would be, that would make my day. I'm happy to buy you a cup of coffee, something along those lines. And as I've sort of gotten deeper into the job search, what I've realized is that tying back into what we were talking about earlier, being 1% better every day, that is, that is honestly it. There is a formula to having a stellar resume that this is a formula for having a great interview. And the more time that you spend into it, the more effort you put into it, the easier it becomes. Can you give us just a couple of tidbits? I know you teach this at One Salting, but just a couple of tidbits on the resume side and on the interviewing side that our young listeners could put into practice. Absolutely. So one is making sure that you have a resume template that is legible, and is sort of a quote unquote boring resume template, unless you're trying to go into design. 
The reason why you want to have a sort of boring template is because on average, recruiters will spend about six seconds on your resume. So you want to make sure none of those seconds are trying to are spent the recruiter trying to figure out where information is. You want it to be easily digestible as possible. Tip number two, make sure that your bullet points have numbers in them. And when I say numbers, it means don't have a bullet point that says create an event with another team or with another organization. Rather say created a technology industry spotlight event where we collaborated with six technology companies and this brought in 150 attendees. You might have done the same thing, but you're selling yourself in the second. And last thing about resumes is one of the hacks that we try and teach is look through a job description that you are so passionate about. And you're like, this is the role that I want. Then look at your resume. If the response, if the bullet points on the responsibility section don't line up to the bullet points on your resume, then that should tell yourself one of two things. One, maybe you're not focusing on the right experiences or two, you need to go out and make those experiences. And experiences don't always have to be internships, projects, classwork, even just starting a t-shirt business because you just want to know how accounting works. All that stuff is fair game. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.